I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> when I was a high school teacher, it was not uncommon to have to negotiate arguments between students. There would be a clash in the hallways, students would be separated, and then would try to get to the bottom of things. More than once, when talking to one of the girls, I would ask, what happened? And the student would say, well, she called me out of my name. The first time I heard this, I had no idea what that meant. But I learned that being called out of your name usually meant being called a swear word, often the B word, but essentially being called something other than what your parents named you, something not you. I confess that at first, I thought this was a ridiculous reason to get into a fight, to risk suspension from school, but more and more, I realized just how important names are. Names are intertwined with our identity. They are essential to who we are. They are how we think of ourselves. I now part company with the bard when he insists what's in a name, that which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Well, maybe, but our names matter. All I have to do is think about all of the Latina students I taught who had to suffer having their beautiful musical names anglicized, no longer Maricela or Josefina, but Maricela or Josephine or my African-American friends whose names are made fun of by those who don't want to be bothered to learn how to pronounce unfamiliar names. These days, I think especially of trans men and women who have chosen names for who they are now, but who continue to be dead-named by friends and family who cling to their old identities. I'm sure many of us could tell stories of how our own names have been butchered from time to time or about our ancestors and how they had to change their names when they came through Ellis Island. But names are so important. Names matter. Being seen and called who we really are matters. None of us should ever be called out of our names. But so often we are not allowed to have our own names. Others try to define us. Too often we believe what others have called us, what they have said about us. The Israelites exiled in Babylon have become used to being called despised, slaves, foreigners, forgotten. 
I can only imagine how hard it was for them to remember who they are, whose they are. Yet after years in exile, the prophet Isaiah has a word of hope for them, for these lost ones who have been called out of their names for so long. To these ones, the prophet promises this, thus says the Lord who created you, he who formed you, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. I have called you by name and you are mine. God names those who have lost their names in slavery, in exile and promises them, you are precious in my sight. You are precious and honored, and I love you. Do not fear, for I am with you. And not only does God call them by name, but God also tells them that they are called by God's name because it is God who made them. Behind each and every one of their names lies the very name of God. Despite all evidence to the contrary in their lives, the prophet proclaims to them, you are not despised slaves of Babylon. You are beloved children of God. You belong to no one other than God. And I can only imagine how these words of love and honor provided a balm to their wounds how those words, I have called you by name, I love you, how those were an antidote to the poisonous messages that were heaped upon the Israelites while they were in exile. We see the power of naming again in the baptism of Jesus today. People are full of expectation, imagining John the Baptist, the Messiah, when Jesus, who gets baptized just along with everybody else, is given his true name as the heavens open, the Holy Spirit descends, and the voice from heaven speaks, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. In just a few words, we have another epiphany, a revelation of who God, or of who Jesus is, Son of God, beloved. And you know what? When we are baptized, when we renew our baptismal vows in just a few minutes, we are reminded of our real name, the name that underlies all our names. Beloved, beloved. Now look, I know you expect your priest to tell you that you are loved by God. And I know that we all know that God loves us, at least we know it up here. But I think it can be really hard to know it here, deep, deep in our souls. And frankly, 
to think about it, to know it, to hold on to it, can even be a little uncomfortable for us. Sometimes when I'm meeting with one of you, if you're struggling, and even if you're not, I will suggest a very simple prayer practice, and it's this. Sit quietly. Don't have to speak. Just imagine God loving you. Imagine the light of God enveloping you, just being loved. People always look a little nervous when I suggest this because it's overwhelming to sit in God's love, to allow ourselves to feel beloved. So few of us feel truly worthy of it. And the truth is, when my spiritual director reminds me to take up this practice myself, to remember my own belovedness, I confess I usually end up in tears. But beloved, God has called you. Yes, you, by name. You are created by God. You, you, you are God's beloved. God says to you, you are precious in my sight. You are honored. And I love you. So no matter what, no matter what names we get called, no matter if others try to pin us down by our race or our gender, by what we do for a living or where we live, by whom we love or how much money we make, no matter if someone else calls us out of our names, no one, no one, can take away the name that God gives us, the one we remember best when we're here together, when we remember our baptisms, the name that undergirds the names that we use out in the world, that precious name, beloved. Dear ones, rest in that name. Rest in that name, secure in the knowledge that God adores you, is crazy about you. Take time, sit in God's presence, allow yourself to be who you are called. Allow yourself to be loved. Amen.